Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Many of my patients in the office decide to change careers after having a baby, and oftentimes they explore entrepreneurship. But changing careers and launching a business can be quite challenging in general, and especially while you're getting used to the new role of motherhood. My guest today is a business coach for creative and professional service-based women entrepreneurs. She supports the women she coaches to make more money by growing their business in a strategic and inspired way. She shares and utilizes the tools and strategies that she used to grow a multi-seven-figure business and manifest a life better than her dreams. Heidi Stevens, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Um, I'm so curious about lots of different things, and I know you have a ton. Like, you make me wish I was a a woman mother entrepreneur. (laughs) Which is not impossible (laughs) in today's day and age, but might be too late for me. I don't think I can handle pregnancy. You seem far from that. I do seem far from it. Um, Let's start back from the beginning. How did you start out in business? What what were you doing originally? Because this is sort of newer for you. Yep, it is. So I was in the commercial real estate field uh, right out of college and did that for about 15 years. Um, and grew my own business and then merged with my now husband, but back then was just my business partner. Um, And so that's how I originally got started in learning about how to build businesses. And What did you study in college? Sociology. Nothing to do with. So you're not a sociologist. (laughs) No. Uh, I'm not either, but my wife is an anthropologist. She doesn't do that for a living. She just loves the store. Yes, me too. Yeah, we're all anthropologists (laughs) deep down inside. So you studied sociology. How did you go from that to commercial real estate? It was just one of those things. Like I got out of school and I went and worked for a company for about six months and hated it immediately Mm. and very quickly realized that I was not of the corporate mold. And um, I had a friend um, in real estate and specifically in commercial real estate. And it was one of these things just to kind of talk to my dad, talk to a couple of friends. And, you know, I'm not from Los Angeles, so I didn't necessarily have a strong network here. And I just thought, I don't want to be a residential real estate agent. I don't want to be driving people around, you know, on the weekends. I don't want to work after hours. Oh, and yeah. I had a friend that was having success in commercial real estate. I literally had no financial background. I did not know how to use a financial calculator. Um, I When I first went in, I was... I was a I was an assistant to get started, and that oh. lasted about six months. And I oh, quickly wow. quickly shifted into starting to learn the business. That's really fast. But it was yeah, it w- it was fast, and I was young, and I think you're still young. Well, thank you, thank you. And you know, it was it was it was tough. I was one of three women in an office of fifty men, and it was definitely the good old boys club. And oh, yet, wow. something inside of me just wanted to prove myself. Um, and and kind of compete with the boys, if you will. How did they feel about that? I don't really know. I didn't. I never really cared. It. Did I mean? Did you feel like the odd man out? No pun intended. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Always. And and so what happened was that. Did you get treated differently? In I mean, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I was. I'm so naive to these things. Um, yes, you know. I was five. You know, I'm five two, blonde, twenty two or 23 years old, you know, 
calling people up on the phone and asking them if they wanted to sell their $3 million asset. And I, you know, I mean, it was like, it was craziness. And they're like, okay, honey. Okay. All right, honey. No, no, thanks. Bye. Have a good night. And I just, yeah. My... I still do. I actually do do that sometimes. Like I'll walk into a doctor appointment and I'll think, I, I, this happened to me at the eye doctor. I went to the eye doctor and you just sort of get who you get there for just an eye exam. Sure. And, um, she did seem like she just got out of high school, and that's how it just felt to me. Yeah. And then it was right after I turned 40, and she's like, oh, how old are you? And I said, 40. She's like, yeah, it's already starting. You need reading glasses. I'm like, how do you know? You just got out of high school. <laughs> exactly. So I can see, like, you know, if I had, you know, valuable real estate, and I'm I'm looking at this young girl, and I'm thinking. For sure. I'm nervous. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. A young boy, I'd be just as nervous. Maybe. Yeah, I think there was a little bit different of a, a little bit different of like a stereotype. It, it seemed, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard industry to break into, and um, you, it takes a few years typically to get any traction, and a lot of people will go for you know twelve to eighteen months without making a paycheck, et cetera. But I just put my head down, and I made the calls and, you know, did what I was told to do. And it and it worked. And it worked pretty quickly. And so I had some success. And um, I kind of didn't, you know, I was naive. I didn't know what I didn't know. So here I thought, oh, I did three deals in my first year, 18 months or whatever it was. And I just thought I was off and running. And what happened was that pretty quickly, within like two to four, four-ish years of being in the industry, I completely burned out. Oh, really? I was working really long hours. I was making all these cold calls. And, you know, I, ended up ha- I, I really, I had adrenal fatigue and massive weight gain and just was really, really unhappy. And yet having this financial success and kind of putting all this pressure on myself and I come from a very um, high-level athletic background, so I've always kind of been competitive and, and driven. Hmm. But um, it just – it wasn't in alignment for me, but yet I was – It's my job. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you then. I know. Now it's my job. I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. So it was an interesting period of time, and it was – I don't regret any of it because I learned so much. What and kind of sports in your background? I was a I was a really high level gymnast mm-hmm. um, up until about the age of fourteen or fifteen, and then I dove competitively at UCLA. No kidding. So I, it kind of makes a lot of sense for me. I see like I, I see serious athletes do come out of college like ready to run, ready to sprint, and yes. just jump head first in. Whereas That's kind of how out. I've just done my whole life too. Like I just kind of dive head in, no pun intended, because yeah. I was a diver. Yeah. It's um, it's it's great. I mean, I don't know if it's the discipline that's required for the sport to really excel in sports and athleticism, but it's really cool because I didn't have any of that. I wrestled kind of like half-heartedly in high school, and um, when I got to college, I was just like, hmm, you know, I'm wandering aimlessly for a while. Yeah, my husband and I to this day we actually love we love hiring athletes. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're great. They're disciplined. They're ready to work hard. They've just they've got that kind of mental edge, That's if you will. Let's start an athletic headhunting. Yeah, exactly. My new thing. 
Well, it's a real thing. They would come to – I went to UCLA and they would – companies would come and present specifically to the athletic That's department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you burned out a little burned bit. Burned out but stayed in it. Okay. For another decade. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a long time with no adrenal function. Well, I don't think I, I – I did not have adrenal function for yeah. a decade. Okay. Yeah. You found your, your – My gurus. Yeah. Oh, you took care of yourself. Yes. Okay. And then what happened over those 10 years? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll say more. In a nutshell? In a nutshell? <laughs> In a nutshell, yes. Um, yeah, I, it really – well, what happened is that it really turned me on to a more spiritual path. What I, I, was, I was having eating disorders. I was bulimic. I don't know if you know that about me. No. So I had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff. Um, and it just really opened up this – I just started on a – self-spiritual journey and exploration and kind of one person led to another and I was in a 12-step program and that led to a therapist and that led to a holistic doctor and that led to, you know, someone supporting me and getting my adrenals in order and having my menstrual cycle regularly and it just, it was, it was an ongoing 10-year period. I ended up getting my master's in spiritual psychology. Oh, wow. Um, so it's different than commercial real it estate. It is different than commercial real estate, and it, it was it was this. It was like I was living two lives. Like I was selling real estate and running a team, and it kept growing for a while. It you know I had I hired junior agents underneath me, and it's like I would go in, I would just put my head down and work for you know five or six, seven hours, and then I would go to my therapist appointment or go to my spiritual community or go to this XYZ, you know, weekend retreat. Hmm. And it was this, really this kind of push-pull and this back and forth for quite some time. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to have a, get a business partner because I was getting more and more clear that I wanted to take a step back. And I, um, I, it's a, it's a long story, but the short version is my then best guy friend and I started talking about merging our businesses. I had met him through the real estate world Mm -hmm. and we ended up merging our teams and we had a, we had a similar business model, but very, very different strengths. And so we ended up merging our teams and moving in together all within the same month. <laughs> moving in, uh, you mean personally? Yeah, he, so okay. he's now my husband. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Is he a former athlete? He would say he is. Okay, fine. So I'll take him <laughs> at his word. <laughs> Let's just say that I uh, I take credit for our four-year-old's athletic ability, and it's uh-huh. it's one of one of the, <laughs> the talking points in our household. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, so you merged uh, on several fronts. We did. We did. So um, we merged. We kept building. And then um, and then a couple years ago, after having Harrison, um, it was just really, really clear that it was time for me to step away from real estate and 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 really go out and support. And, you know, I, I'm a business coach. And at the core of what I do is I empower power women to become their, their best their best selves. Yeah. So, I mean, is is leaving commercial real estate the like the final step in that 10 year burnout it just seemed like after a while you were doing commercial real estate but not loving it anymore and that you 
were getting stressed by it, but found ways to balance the stress. Yeah. But it, it at the end of the day, it doesn't seem to be your passion anymore. One hundred percent. And I knew it all along, but it felt like I didn't a hundred percent know what my passion was. And so, in the journey and in the search. I would have ideas and I would try things, but then I just kept coming back to commercial real estate because it's what I knew and it's what was paying the bills. Mm -hmm. And it was also hard to leave because I was having a lot of, quote unquote, success in it and also had built a lifestyle for myself, you know, that cost money. And so there were all these factors that just didn't, it didn't feel like the right timing to to leave. And then when I did merge with Kenny, um, I took a step back from the brokerage. I took a step back from being the face and negotiating and doing what I thought was the hard stuff. And then he thought I was doing the hard stuff with running the team and marketing and organization and, and doing more of the COO role of our of our companies. And that, again, that kind, that kind of like fueled me for a couple of years because I was doing something different. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like in my heart down deep, I knew it wasn't what I ultimately was meant to do. Um but well, it's cool, at least yeah. from that point, that you sort of – it sounds like you were puzzle pieces on your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And you got to do the part that you really liked out of all the parts that there were to do. Uh, and totally. And he got to do the parts that he liked to do. Yeah, and so and then so. that lasted a couple years. But again, it's like I think when we're, when we're spiritual people and or in just tune with, you know, like there's something bigger out there for us mm-hmm. – at least that's that's how it is for me. It's like I couldn't just like squelch this small voice inside that was saying like it's like you need to do something different. You need to do something more. Like I would look at all these people that were in the online coaching field and having a lot of visibility and a lot of impact on transforming lives and I would just think, "Oh, that's just for them. That they're meant for that and I'm I'm meant to like have an awesome life, but like for whatever reason, it I'm just meant to be in real estate." Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of courage to to walk away simply because um, I mean, we had again, we had like built this thing and and built this successful company, and my husband relied on me. Like I was partners with him. I wasn't just like helping him out, you know, a couple right. hours a day. So, um, has it been difficult for him that you left? I think it was at first, but yeah. now it's now been a few years. So we're better off for it. Well, yeah, I mean, given the two, because you're so intertwined, I'd rather have a happier wife. Than you know a stable business partner. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you? So what was the point that made you realize? Wait, I can be a coach, or I want to be a coach. Yeah. So I actually started it in real estate. So I, um, while we were running our business, I went and was again. I, I got my master's in spiritual psychology, and that was kind of a like a. It was kind of a training um, program to be a therapist slash coach. Even well, let's talk about spiritual psychology for a second because sure. I gloss over it because I'm familiar with it. But w- yeah. what is it? What is spiritual psychology? So the um, the way that it, that I describe it is the study of the unconscious. So whereas psychology is the study of the brain, mm-hmm. the spiritual psychology is the study of what's going on underneath that that we're not always aware of, and so it's. What are the ways that we can bring, um, you know, whether it's beliefs or emotions or patterns that may not be serving us from the past, like, 
up to our conscious so that they can be healed, transformed. And, From um, our past, just to be specific, yeah. you mean in this life? In this life. Okay, so things that we've felt or experienced or, or lived through. Yes. That are under the consciousness. So if I can describe the the mind, I would say the consciousness versus the unconscious mind. The consciousness is what you're thinking about experiencing and feeling right now in this moment yes. in the present. And the unconscious is everything that you've ever thought, felt, or experienced. Um, and it's sort of, if you can picture an iceberg, it's the little tip that's the consciousness and deep beneath the surface is this huge unconscious warehouse of stuff. You did stuff. a way better job describing it than I did. Oh, yes, thanks. that's perfect. Well, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't sell an office space to save my life, so <laughs> we all have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, so you work on on stuff that's in there and you help bring it to the surface? Well, that's an interesting so I have my master's in spiritual psychology, but that's not tech that's not necessarily what I do every single day with my clients. No, but I'm this, just saying that is that a goal of spiritual psychology y- is to is to sort of go into that deep like cleaning out the garage sort of? Th- there I would say that there's an element of that, but it's also just a, a trusting and a knowing that when you are holding a loving space and when you're connected to your higher self, that that whatever is there that's ready to be healed and ready to be transformed is going to bubble up okay. and be available. Like it's not about going and like doing a huge excavation okay. of like what are all these things, but when you're in kind of that type of, of program or in a like a healing space whether it's with a therapist or a healer or a group of people or a retreat type setting, typically those those things that are limiting us in some way or form are more free to come to the surface. So then it's actually training. I was trained in like tools and modalities to help transform those things when they do come up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah, I loved it. Did you do it for your own yes. journey and searching? Not necessarily to be a spiritual psychologist? Well, I went in specifically as a way out of real estate. I went in thinking, oh, well, as long as I have some type of Uh, title behind me, Uh, then I can become a life coach and then I'll be happy, right? And what I found was that I actually can be happy doing anything as cliche as that sounds. And through that process, through that two-year period of getting my master's, that's when Kenny and I merged our business. That's when things started really working in my personal life. That's when... um, you know, we 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 grew the business, and again, on a from a career perspective, I was like sustained for a period of time mm-hmm. <laughs> until um, until I was like, okay, it's time to start coaching. Okay, um, first of all, when you talk about coaching and the work that you do now, you light up. I love it. You you just light up. It makes <laughs> me so happy to see it. Um, so what I want to do is take a little break and then come back and find out more about what what it means to be a coach and specifically the type of coaching that you do. Sure. And then also for our listeners who might be thinking about, hey, maybe I need a career change now, especially around this time of motherhood, um, maybe some like takeaway tips that we can give to be like, here's how you can get started on your path or things to think about and things to consider. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Heidi Stevens on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Hey, everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. 
with 95% of women deficient needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and we're continuing our fascinating discussion on entrepreneurial coaching and success with our guest, Heidi Stevens. Okay, let's talk about coaching. Um, you said you don't really sort of do spiritual psychology. What is coaching to you? How does it work? So the difference between a psychology, um, which I think of, I think of psychology as, you know, really kind of a, th a therapy model mm -hmm. and coaching is that um, as a coach, I'm really forward thinking. So if someone's wanting to, you know, deal with something or has something coming up, some, something coming up from the past, I'm willing to, to, to talk about it, to notate it, to to work through it and I'm not I'm not a therapist that's going to sit there for, you know, an hour long session and like go through the entire story. Mm -hmm. I'm actually like much more interested in what's the bottom line? Let's let's use this for your own healing, growth, opportunity, et cetera. And now how are we going to use this to like get you where you want to go oh, next? No. It sounds like like we like as your client, we need to be honest with you. And honest with ourselves. Yes. Oh, that's so hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that hard for people? Do they just open up to you? I don't find that it's hard because I think that I hold a really – you know, the feedback that I get from my clients is that I have a really loving yet fierce way of working with them. That makes sense. So I they know, I think they feel safe with me and, um, you know, it, it is it is a really safe space and I'm going to tell you what I think and like what you need is. to know yeah. to, to move forward. But we and have what to you be willing to, to be honest with ourselves. That's yes. the key. But I can see how you would sort of drag that out of people. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, to the degree that someone is available to be... I don't think someone would come and work with me if they're not available to Just work with themselves. Just in the first 20 minutes of talking to you, I and I'm, I'm not. This is how I feel in my heart. It, I'm inspired to be honest with myself. Well, thank you by your story so far. I'm really honored to hear that. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, so who who is the type of person who hires a coach like yourself, and what like what role do you play for them? Sure. So most of my clients are creative entrepreneurs. So what I find is that there are like they're really, really, really great at what they do, but they don't necessarily have a business mind or acumen. So, so many people like that. Yeah. Especially in the creative space. Yeah. This is a different part of the brain. Exactly. And and I and I love I mean I just I'm in awe of my clients because of how talented they are, you know, art artistically. So, you know, I, I work with mostly service-based entrepreneurs, so graphic designers, um, photographers, professional organizers, interior designers, mm -hmm. um, 
other coaches, you know, there's health coaching, there's business coaching, there's, you know, there's relationship coaching that, that people get into. Mm-hmm. So um, service-based creatives. And I really support them in putting the pieces together to to take what they're so passionate about and so and so good at and actually make a business out of it and make money because that's why we got into what we were doing in the first place. Right. But sometimes um, sometimes those kind of service providers are more about the service than about themselves. So Yeah, it, it breaks my heart because what I see is that, you know, whether they just started it right out of school or, you know, a lot of them took the leap and left a corporate gig and and had the courage to go out and do something on their own. And what started as a passion um, and something that they love to do, then it just turns into another job because they're slaving away working whatever it is, whether it's 60, 70, 80 hours a week and like barely making ends meet. And it but how just, do you change that? Well, that's what I do. I know. But <laughs> like roughly, are you are you literally doing the micro steps of business of like, you know, where you're investing time and effort and sort of figuring out which ones are paying off and which ones aren't and slicing away the parts that aren't working? Or are you helping them lower expenses at that kind of business coaching? So it's so it's a two-pronged approach. Um, I like to say that I bring both a spiritual and a very physical real-world aspect to the work I do. Mm-hmm. So on the, like, the physical, concrete, tangible, um, a lot of my clients, not all of them, but a lot of them are wanting to grow their businesses in an online way. So I support them in in getting really clear with their with their packages, with their pricing, with their um, you know their marketing on social media, with their emails that they're sending out, with the copy and the messaging, like all of those kind of concrete, tangible, tangible things. You wouldn't believe as like like how many of these amazing, amazing women, and I'm sure men, but mm-hmm. I work with women, um, are not charging anywhere close to what they should be for their services. So that ties back into the more what I'll call spiritual, spiritual. F- feminine work, uh-huh. which is understanding their value and gaining confidence and getting visible and and believing in themselves and really doing the the mindset and the deeper work to get them to a place where they can go out and own what they're doing and and charge their worth. It's um, I watch Shark Tank with my kids. I love Shark Tank. We love Shark Tank. It's just fun to watch these creative products that come up. It's sort of fun to watch entrepreneurs and um, like how they got started and what drove them to do it. And you can sort of right away spot the ones who sort of have a better sense, business sense of in addition to whatever creative thing they've done and the ones who are very creative but really don't have any business acumen. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you talked about the online thing and where somebody starts a, a project that needs or requires the Internet to grow and uh, they'll just come up with some dumb product and all of a sudden they have a quarter of a million dollars in sales. And you're like, how does that happen? Because other people, you know, who have an idea or a product – try to go out and do it and there's just you know the it it just seems like they're talking in an empty room yeah yeah i mean i can't speak to how everyone is you know how everyone's making their money um i can speak to what i you know talk 
a lot about too with with my clients. And I mean, there's there's so many different ways. And you know, I'm I'm just now really starting to get into the world of of social media advertising and, and Facebook advertising and what that looks like. And you know, the it really it's like the the internet marketing game. If right, you will. but that's what I'm saying. Those things can be really daunting. But if you own it, if you know how to spend the time and money uh, that you have and use those tools the right way, you can build up a a sizable niche audience pretty quickly. Absolutely. But if you don't know how to use them, you can waste a lot of time and waste a lot of money and not get anywhere. Just, again, be talking in an empty room. Yes. So those are the kind of coaches that I think are are also very hard to find. But I think that if you do have a, a good idea and a good passion for it and some direction, then you can be really successful as an entrepreneur today from your home. Without even, which is so exciting, and especially being a mom, you know, and um, having one on the way, it's like I just love the fact that I get to that I get to do what I do. Oh yeah, from we didn't home. mention that you have a little nugget in your belly I right now. I do. Number two coming soon. Um, is first of all, how come you only work with women? You know. I just find that they're a little bit more open and receptive to some of the like words I use and the the more spiritual feminine speak, if mm-hmm. you will. And it's yeah, I just I just love working with women and um I just have such a passion for empowering them and I there's also I'm really in the the business now of of running groups and so I think that there's also an aspect of creating um you know gathering women they feel more safe with other with other women sure. um versus having the What does that mean as a group? So like for example I have groups that have you know 30 40 women in them and I run them through online programs teaching them content and modules and then we get online and I do like we'll do video coaching sessions mm-hmm. where we coach where I coach and give laser coaching to all of them but they're all on video so they're all like they're there's literally we're literally I'm literally building um an online community with these women to help them build their businesses. That's really cool. Yeah. It's cool that we have that ability today because you can have somebody in the middle of a small town and wherever. Exactly. And uh, they can still have a full community. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I have people from the East Coast. I have yet to, to have an international client, but I've got quite a few people from Australia and, and the UK that are in my – that are like kind of in my following and in my community and in some of my free groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't worked with someone yet um, internationally. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. After this, we have an international following. So oh, amazing. You never this, know. By the end of tonight, <laughs> it might be happening. Um, so when somebody decides I want to change careers, um, at what point is the right time to reach out to a coach? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I often recommend work somebody working with a life coach to get started, especially if they're, um, you know, while they're still working in their job to really help them get clear on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I I personally don't work with people who who don't have a clear idea of what it is they want to do. So, but there are there are absolutely people out there that do that and and help them find their niche and you know help them get clear on like whatever it is the vision is or, or the work that they want to do. When somebody has an idea of you know this is this is my next career path, um, I'm that's where 
I would step in and help them build a, a foundation, um, get them on the right track with their marketing, et cetera, um, and get them in the right headspace to really go out and and make money. So really from the early stages, they can already start working with you once they have a – Once they know. They know what they want to do and they're ready to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I have a group program that's specifically geared towards people that are um, more on the the beginning stages. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as people progress, um, I have like a a high-level mastermind that's a small, intimate group of women. And they're already, you know, having a lot of success in their business. And they're looking more to scale and to leverage themselves and to build out team and to, you know, hire multiple employees, et cetera. Wow. So every step of the of the way. Yeah. Heidi's in your corner. Yeah. I mean, when how often does someone meet with you? Well, it just depends on the group or the package um, that they're in. So I have just a very, very small um, number of one-on-one clients that I talk to three times a month. Okay. And then, um, you know, like my high-level mastermind, we meet as a, we meet as, when I say meet, it's online um we meet every other week and then i have one call with them and then it just it just depends like i have a uh a five-month group that they're like constantly in contact with me um but in a group setting um it just there's there's lots of different ways of it just really depends on what course of what course they're in at any given time sounds really i want to be a high level mastermind of something. I know. It's yeah. fun. I mean, I'm as a as a client, I'm in two masterminds this year, um, helping me grow grow my business. So I you know, I'm a I'm a fan of personal development. I'm a fan of growth and community. Um, I participate in it as a client and and then I really take everything I'm learning and doing and knowing and then support support my community with it. Um in the group especially of Moms, right? Um, I know that, or parents in general, but in your case, moms, yeah. uh, it's oftentimes really challenging in today's environment to find balance. Yeah. Um, there are some moms I find in our practice who would love nothing more than stay home, be around their babies, take care of the home, take care of the baby. Other moms who um, do that, but also really love being. Uh, in the business world and or service providing world and also, you know, doing that kind of productivity and that kind of work um, and everything in between. So I think that something that everybody kind of struggles with who – I struggle with it as a dad and I think the women struggle more, um, generally speaking, with how to balance work and home. Yeah, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in balance. I think that it's this carrot that is dangling out in front of all of our faces that's like never we're never going to get. And um, I actually really like to talk about seasons. I think that there are seasons where, you know, for whatever – I know for me personally where I'm just a slightly like quieter, more of a, like an internal quiet and like really want to spend time, you know, at home or with my son and – and then there's a season where it's go time in my business. And it's like it's it's all about priorities at any given time. And and I talk a lot about um, with the women that I work with and just on a lot of the stuff I do about giving yourself permission to do you, like to do 
you. I think that so much of having this quote unquote balance is like this idea that we're like trying to be like perfect moms and perfect wives and we've got to look perfect. So then you've got to get to the gym this amount of time. And it's just like, ugh, it's like so exhausting to try and like live up to all of these ideas and of, you know, what we're supposed to be. So it's like, I'm a really big fan and and this is what I coach of like tuning in and getting clear on what's true for you. Like if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, rock it out. Own it. Like no mommy guilt, no shame, none of that. And it, and it, and look, and if you want to go to work whether you have to or you choose to, I chose to. And sometimes I think that's harder than sure. you know, than than having to. I chose to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't grow up with a mom that had that – like my mom stayed at home. Mm -hmm. So that's all I ever knew. And for me to go, okay, wait, I'm going to get a nanny and then I'm going to go to work and I'm not going to be with my child all day. Like am I a terrible mom? And so balance for me doesn't exist. And instead it's like what what is this season about for me? Am I – you know, I'm going to go into a season soon where I'm – going to be nurturing my 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 baby but I'm also going to have some support because I love what I do so much that I'm not planning on stopping mm-hmm. and there's probably some women out there that would think that you know not taking a certain time off is is they they may judge that and there's other you know so it's just like just let it go mm. let it go and do you <laughs> I I the things that you're saying right now about the balance are they hit me two different ways. Number one is how refreshing that would feel to to let go of the idea of balance and to just as, assume that only a small number of lottery winners actually feel balance in their life, right? And for everybody else, you just do the best you can in in, in those areas and and don't don't feel guilty and don't have regrets we're about it. We're all doing the best we can. Right. We're all doing the best we can. We're all like all like holding it together, you know. But the other side of that coin is there was a period of years, a few years, because I feel like life is a treadmill. <laughs> um, my personal workout program, by the way, is a twelve step program. I like walk twelve steps and then I'm done working out. But um, I feel like life is a treadmill, and you just you know. Uh, as as a college kid, maybe, you know, it's moving at a pace that's comfortable. And then, um, you know, you get married and all of a sudden the incline goes up and you have a kid and hurdles start popping up on top of it. And you have two kids and it's just moving even faster. And at some point it got to a point where I just felt like all I have to do is stay on this treadmill. Like everything is trying to throw me off. And I worked so much that my kids went from like newborn to seven years old. Like that, and I wasn't mm-hmm. there. So when I'm when I'm talking about balance, I'm t- talking about just like that wasn't healthy. There's there was another yeah. way to do it, and sure. so I made a lot of changes in my life so that I can be home more. As it turns out, they actually want me to be home, which is cool to find out. <laughs> I'm uh, sure they do. <laughs> but um, you know, I made a lot of changes, and that's what I mean by balance. I don't mean the utopia where you feel like you're giving the perfect amount to your job and work and career and the perfect amount to your spouse and partner and kids. Um, But just not being so out of balance. Yeah. What I can say to that is that, you know, what I help my clients do is really, as, as cliche as this sounds, is like create a life by design. Like what is the ultimate vision? What is, what is the 
ultimate, like what is, what are you desiring? So as a mom, if you're desiring more time, I'm going to take them and I'm going to, I'm going to look at, okay, I'm just going to use an entrepreneur, not someone working in the, you know, someone that's a nine to six or nine to seven, because that's not typically who the women I'm working with. Mm-hmm. But if, if the women that I'm working with are working those hours and they're like, I want to be home more, I'm going to look at, okay, what is the, like, what is the monthly nut? What is the monthly number that you are wanting to, to achieve or that you're thinking that you're going to make by putting in these 10 to 12 hours? right? And how can you work smarter, not just harder? Mm -hmm. So I'm all about taking a step back and like assessing. And I really support my clients in getting off of the treadmill and getting off of the like the daily grind. I love to get off the treadmill. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Exactly. It's like get off of the grind and take like take a step back. And I'm not saying things are easy or that it's just like all like, oh yeah, just, you know, think about it and get clear in your desires. And then it just happens. No, it is about being strategic and putting in the hours if need be, but it's about taking a step back and looking at what is like what are you up to and what is it that you want and is this the season to push or mm. is this the season and and so for me I'll just you know so like my husband takes my son to preschool. I obviously don't have, you know, four kids. Um but my husband takes my son to preschool. We were together in the morning. Um and then I I work. Like I'm I'm focused. I don't not I don't like take a lunch break, but then I pick him up every day at 4:45 or 5. Mm-hmm. And there are some times or some seasons where I need to have some support in like from 4:30 to 6:30 to get some things done, but most of the time that's my time with him. Yeah. And and I and I what I do what I try to do is to turn my cell phone over, mm-hmm. <laughs> not off, um, but to be <laughs> present so that those two I mean two and a half hours of being present with my kid like is a long time. It's uh, you know Dr. Harvey Carp talks about it about feeding the meter where you just sit down and interact with your children or your partner. Uh, wholeheartedly with no distractions, even whatever it's going to be, an hour, two hours, even a half an hour, and then dedicating yourself to work wholeheartedly and not distracted by your kid or your partner or your family for the two hours and how you, when you laser focus on the one that you're doing without the distraction of the other, you get so much more done. So the bonding and the mindfulness and the and the being with your, your family um, is so different than when you're also sort of on the phone and sort of typing an email and things like that. And so you feed the meter. You yep. you put in. Yep. And I think so much of what you're talking about is like mindfulness and being present. And, you know, we all have the same number of hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like we all have choice. Like even if, even if, even if you don't feel like you do, like everybody has choice and how we're using those. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it's like, I, I think so much of it is like is is in the mind. Like those days where I'm like thinking about my Instagram feed <laughs> instead of like what my child is saying. It's like I don't feel like he got fed and I don't feel like I bonded with him. Yeah. So it's like just as best I can and no I you know, I'm constantly distracted. I'm no one's perfect. And like as best I can to just put that aside, be mindful with him. Um and and then and then go back to my cell phone at night if I need to, or choose to spend that time consciously with my husband. I love it. I have a few closing thoughts, and then I I'll ask you for a closing thought. But uh, first of all, it is almost your season to push. 
I know. Mm, getting close. Oh my god! Add another one to the mix. I'm very excited for that. Um, second of all, uh, two things that you said to me are so powerful. Um, in order for me to find a better relationship between work and home, I did have to take a big step back. And you're running so fast on the treadmill, you just don't want to fall off, you know. But then you realize that if you take the step back and assess the situation with a level head, you realize you can be doing things totally differently and and still be okay on the business side and career side and financial side and all of a sudden have all this extra time yeah um another thing is you sort of sounded a little stephen covey-esque when you said um you know picture where you want to be he always says begin with the end in mind yeah so you you know you can't if you start if you just build start building a house without a blueprint you're just going to make a lot of mistakes and have to do a lot of rebuilding. Um, but if and same with your career, where, where do you want to be? Like you said, do you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Then then that's the end goal. How do you work out everything around it to get from here to there? You want to be a balancing both, and how do you do it? That's really powerful. And the last thing is, you kind of remind me of my wrestling coach. Getting back to the sports when I was actually athletic for a minute. Um, <clears throat> when you're on the mat and you have no oxygen because you're just exerting all your muscles. Um, and you're just sort of in, in all the training and workouts that lead up to it, all the practices, you're just doing these m- movements over and over and over again so they become instinctual. Mm. But in the moment, you're trying to think, but you can't see the big picture because you're on the mat. You're in the battle. And yeah. you also don't have very much oxygen. So you're not thinking so clearly. So your instinct might say one thing, but your coach standing at the side of the mat might be screaming something else. And between the two, you go with the coach because he's got oxygen mm. and he's got full picture. And it sounds a lot like like what you do. And the fact that, that you yourself as a coach have a coach makes that so clear. You can't be your own coach. You have to be uh, looking at the big picture from the outside and you have to be the one with the oxygen. So it really makes a lot of sense to me. And well, that's I, I, great. I just come back to the fact that when I come back into this world, I want to be a female entrepreneur <laughs> coached by Heidi Stevens. Look, there's a reason why all the top athletes and, you know, many, many of the top entrepreneurs and, you know, top business people and leaders have have high-level coaches practice things like visualization, practice things like meditation and mindfulness. And I mean, this is this is what the Olympians do. And and I didn't necessarily take all these practices from my athletic career. It's like I've learned them in in different ways throughout my own journey and my own personal development. Um, but it all it's. I appreciate you kind of bringing it back to athletics because that just feels like a completely different lifetime for me. Uh, um, but I do see how they are connected. I don't think about that often, though. Yeah, they really are. Um, Heidi, where can we find you online? So you can find me at HeidiStevensInc.com. I am also on Instagram, which is at HeidiStevensInc. I'm going right there now to find you and Yay. follow you and learn from you. Um, and you don't even have to be a female entrepreneur to follow you on Instagram. You don't. Yeah, we can pick up tips. We can spy and pick up tips. Um, Heidi, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your expertise with us on the podcast. And at home, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have a topic you want to discuss, just send your suggestions to info at informedpregnancy.com. And then go ahead and visit us online for more pregnancy and parenting media at informedpregnancy.com. I got a whole lot of questions for you.
う！